Well, as Justin said, um, he was a ministry partner. I am also a ministry partner of Central. I am not a pastor here, but I am a guest preacher. If you don't know who I am, that's not surprising because I actually uh, don't attend this campus. I generally attend the Chilliwack campus. Um, So it's great to be visiting with you here this morning. So it's the, the time of year where everyone is thinking about New Year's resolutions. Every year, right, around, right after Christmas, right, just, right, right before New Year's, I start seeing uh, Bible reading plans pop up on some of the blogs and the Christian websites I read. I don't know if you guys have seen some of those as well. Some people, though, they just want to lose weight for, for New Year's. Uh, for myself, I've made a resolution for the next year. Uh, the goal is to end 2020 with uh, less circumference um, <laughs> than I'm going into it with. Uh, I've noticed over the years, you probably noticed it yourself, uh, I've noticed it in myself and others that in January, there's, there's a lot of people in the gym. There's a lot of people. It's, it's absolutely insanely busy. And by the time December rolls around, it's like a ghost town. There's like no one in there. And, and I think it was a, I was a podcast or something I was listening to or, or reading, and it was, a, and I hope I'm getting this right, there was somebody who had, had correlated junk food or, yeah, um, unhealthy food with, with exercise. So in the beginning of January, you have, uh, everyone is like so stoked to, to exercise, to get into the gym, to lose weight. And, and so people are eating less junk food. And there's like this plotting on the year, and it goes like this, and it crosses over. And everything goes sideways, and it's only in like February or March by the time everything goes sideways. So, you know, back to Bible reading plans. We might want to do the same. We might want to, you know, start out, like read God's Word. We want to we be in the Word daily. Maybe that's a goal we have for this coming year. Uh, we start out with these insanely high expectations. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to read the Pentateuch this next week. I'm going to, Bible, Bible book a day. And by the time like, the end of the year comes around, there's like a layer of dust on the, on the top of our Bible, or maybe our phone app hasn't been opened in months. So as we look forward to the te- uh, this next year, uh, the text that we'll be looking at this morning, uh, I want to look at gospel transformation. And maybe if you're starting a new habit, like reading your Bible every day, we can get some motivation to, to finish the year 2020 really strong as we go into this next year. Maybe, you know, including time reading our Bibles and, and learning about him, and, and we'll be able to really pursue that and do that. Now, this morning, I'm, I'm not going to promise to give you a... Um, because, because the text this morning has to do with the will of God. Uh, pursuing God and then knowing the will of God. But I'm not going to give you a uh, three-step plan to discover God's will for your life in this next year, to have a better 2020 than you ever, ever could have hoped or dreamed of. But in the text that we're going to go into, and I'll get there, uh, there's a little more untangling, a little more nuance, a little more wisdom in, in discovering God's will and, and getting some of that motivation to, to finish this year strong. So in the text today, uh, we're going to the book of Romans, Romans 12 verses 1 to 2. Paul is urging the Christians in the church of Rome. He's urging them based on God's mercies, to give their whole bodies, their whole lives to God, their whole selves, and in doing this, they will know more and more the will of God. And I, I'm, just, I'm just dipping into the book of Romans here. Um, if you want to turn with me to 
Romans 12, if you've got them uh, in your, if you've got your Bibles with you. Uh, if not, it will be on the screen behind me. And so I'm, I'm just dipping in the book of Romans. So we're kind of coming in like most of the way through the story. So there's 11 chapters that have just gone here before us. And essentially what you have is Paul, he's laying this, uh, he's laying the, the, the groundwork of the foundation of God's mercies. He's, he's teaching about God's mercies. And he, he starts with the bad news in chapter one. And from various angles, he talks about being made right with God, about how, about how even when we're not right, Jesus is right on our behalf. And, and broadly in the, in the first 11 chapters, Paul is talking about what is, about what God has done, is doing, and will do. And then the, the text we'll look at today is where Paul shifts, he shifts focus. If you have uh, the Bible, uh, I'll start reading here. The text, it's, it's what comes after. It's about what's, what, what we do in response. Paul starts with the is, indicative. He starts with teaching, and now we have ought. We have imperative. We have a call to action. We do something in response to what he's taught us before. So, rooted in the gospel. This is the, this is the outline of the sermon. It's also the outline of the text. Rooted in the gospel, or rooted in the mercies of God, give your whole selves to God, and you will know his will. Well, I'll read it out. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Well, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we, we pray that you would you'd meet with us today, that we would hear from your word, that, we would, uh, that you would be at work in us by your spirit. I pray that your spirit would give us ears to hear today, and I pray that you would empower me to, to speak your words, to be faithful in what I say of you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I just, I just had said, there's a, there's a flow of thought to what Paul is, is um, writing in Romans 12, verses, verses 1 to 2. That I just read. Uh, we're going to stick pretty close to that flow of thought. First, Paul appeals by the mercies of God. That's the foundation. Secondly, we give ourselves entirely to God. We give our whole lives to God. And we have our minds renewed. That's, the, uh, that's our response. And thirdly, we know more of God's will. That's the effect. And this is how I've kind of I've summed it up. Rooted in the gospel, give your whole selves to God, and you will know his will. Well, let's look at the first part. What does it mean to be rooted in the gospel? Read it out again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So Paul, is a, he's appealing to the Romans by the mercies of God. And, and whatever follows, whatever, whatever comes after, this is, this is the foundation. And, and the mercies of God, it's a, it's a huge subject. And I'm only going to scratch the surface of it today. But if you remember, like, we're picking up in the middle of, of Paul's letter to the Romans. So when he, when he talks about mercies of God, it's, there's a lot of pointing back that you can read into it. I mean, Paul's just taught some, in these first 11 chapters, he's taught some, some, some gracious, life-giving uh, hopeful, good news, saturated mercies of God. And by those mercies, he's saying, 
Now do this. And since we could likely, we could likely do a sermon series on, on the mercies of God, I'll narrow it down to the gospel. It's rooted in the gospel, which we can see it throughout those first 11, 11 chapters. And I encourage you to, to read it on your own if you, if you haven't already. Uh, and the gospel, I mean, if you're new to church, gospel, it, or maybe you're just drawing a blank. It's just good news. That's what it means. Good news. When we talk about the, the gospel, we're talking about the good news of Christianity, about the, the good news of Jesus Christ. So, I mean, what's the gospel? We're, well, we're all sinners in this room, everyone in this room, everyone. In our hearts, in our minds, in our actions, we've all turned from God. We've put something, something else in the place of God. Maybe it's money, might be popularity, might be beauty, might be work, whatever it is. We've taken God off the throne, and now, and now we've put ourselves on there. So we, we make the calls, we, we decide what's right and wrong. And that, that sinful disposition, that's, that's in every one of us. And, it, and if you're thinking that doesn't sound like good news, it's because I actually haven't gotten to the good news yet. That's just the bad news. While we rejected God, and here's why I'm smiling, he sought us. He sent his son, born as a man. He, he lived a life free of sin, and he died for sinners. Sinners like you. Sinners like me. He takes our sin, and, and we're united with him. We're united to Jesus. And, and his perfect life, we, we get the credit for that. We get the credit of his perfect record. This is the good news, that God dealt with the bad news himself. On the cross, Jesus died to reunite sinners with God. That's the good news. And, and being sinners, all of us, God accepts us when we put our Trust in Christ. We, we go, we go, okay, I can't do this. I love the wrong things. I do the wrong things. I, I do what I don't want to do. And by my own effort, it isn't enough. I give up. I don't, I don't want my sin anymore. God, take me as I am. Be merciful to me. Save me. And then he does. So the rest, of, or the rest of what we look at this morning, hear this, about, about giving ourselves to God, about, about knowing his will, that's all rooted in this. It's rooted in the gospel. Because of this, because of this, because of God's mercy, then the rest. So I think there can be, uh, and there can be, a tendency in all of us to sort of swap these around a little bit, to flip it around. I know I, know I see it in my own heart. I'll give myself to God. I'll find out what he wants from me, and then he'll love me. Maybe that's the, the flow of thought. Then he'll be merciful to me. But it doesn't actually work like that. If you're here this morning, and you don't consider yourself a Christian, you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ, I'm really glad you're here, because this is for you. And kids, if, uh, if there's any of you here in the audience listening, you're not sure about Christianity, you're not sure about what you hear in Sunday school or what your, your parents teach you, well, I'm glad you're here too because this is for you as well. It's mercy first and then obedience. If you, haven't, if you haven't turned to God, if you haven't said to Jesus, yes, you died for me, he died for me, then there isn't anything you can do to receive God's mercies. And the rest, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Trust in God, turn from yourself, 
receive mercy. In that way, uh, I mean, there's a way. It's, it's kind of um, strangely kind of comforting, but also really terrifying. It's, it's giving up on being good enough. It's giving up on trying to be loved by God. It's, it's, it's giving up on trying to, to earn something with your own actions or, or giving up on that, that tight fist you have on sin. It's giving up, but then turning to God and receiving mercy. Well, as I, as I paraphrased at the beginning, rooted in the gospel, give your whole self to God and you will know his will. So let's move on from that, that foundation of what Paul is calling the Romans to, calling us to, to do, and uh, I'll, I'll read this next bit here from the text again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's this interesting phrase here, presenting bodies as a, as a living sacrifice. So my wife and I, uh, Rebecca, we don't, have, we don't have children, though Lord willing we hope to um, in the near future. So I, I don't speak from experience on this one, but I've been told by some of my friends uh, who've had children that you get this, this, you know, get this small child and it involves sacrifice. Eight hours of solid sleep, well that's sacrificed at the altar of hungry baby. Leisure time. Well, that's, that's sacrificed on the altar of a small child who wants to do everything in their power to hurt themselves, and you have to watch them all the time. Fully dependent child. I'm not saying it isn't worth it. I have had a couple of friends have had children in the last few months, and man, I'm actually really jealous. Um, but that sleep and that free time, it's gone. It's consumed. You don't get it back. It's worth it, but the thing you sacrifice, you don't get back. Presenting our bodies, it's a living sacrifice. It's not like something from, say, like a, a religious ceremony, um, whether in, in the Old Testament or from a different religion, where uh, you have an animal and, and maybe that's sacrificed on an, on an altar or something, and it's, it's consumed. It's, it's, it's sacrificed to, to please or to uh, earn favor with whatever God. Um, but when we sacrifice ourselves, our our whole lives as living sacrifices, it's not consumed. We, we present ourselves to God, but we're living. We, we, we give our lives, not, not in the sense of dying, uh, but in the sense of we're giving that, that living bit. All the hours, all the, all the days, all our, all our decisions and all our inner thoughts and desires, that's what we give, we give it all. And, and what does it mean to present our bodies? Same kind of thing. There isn't a part of us that we get to, to hold back, to keep. Every part, every facet, every part of our humanity, of our experience of life, it's presented to God. And this, this it's spiritual worship. If you're using a different translation, it might say something like, uh, a little different, something like um, reasonable service or, or true and proper worship. And those might sound um, pretty different, but it, it's getting at translating that from a different angle. Um, they're all pointing to the same thing. And the, the point, I think, is that in light of what God has done, in light of his mercies, 
giving ourselves to God, it's the only thing that actually, it makes sense. It's, it's, the white, it's the right way to respond to God in worship. He's done this. He's done this. We can't help but give ourselves to him in worship. I actually would love to linger on this verse a little bit longer, but we don't really have time this morning. So if you look at, with me at what Paul says in the next verse, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And this is here, I think, um, because in being told that we should give our whole selves to God, you might, you might just like the Romans and, and myself, you might ask, okay, how? How do we go about doing this? So, di- so digging in a little deeper into giving our whole selves to God, this is, this is part of how we go about doing that. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so as we're heading into this next year, it's worth asking, how are we being molded? How are we being shaped? We're, we're shaped and we're molded by, well, in hundreds of different ways every day. What does this look like in, in your life? In our lives? This can be, it can be as simple as uh, what kind of TV shows we watch, what kind of movies we watch, what kind of uh, opinion pieces we read in the news. But at the same time, it's not simple in the sense of, you know, just throwing out the TV or the computer uh, to avoid being conformed. This is, uh, it's a heart thing. It's a value thing. There are, there are some, some black and white lines that are pretty evident uh, when it comes to this, like morality like this and, and being conformed. So, for example, stop looking at porn. Get a filter on your phone and a computer and find a friend to hold you accountable. Or maybe it's like a sketchy romance novel or Fifty Shades of whatever. Um, you wouldn't want to get caught listening to an audiobook like that, like from a pastor or something like that. Well, then throw it out. Just throw it out. There, there are some black and white lines like that. But then there's that gray in the middle. That, that kind of thing where you have to ask yourself, is, it, is this actually making me more like Jesus? Is it actually drawing me away from God? I don't know that the standard has to be that we can only ever listen to Christian music or, or watch Christian movies. Um, I don't think that's the standard. I don't think that's the point. But as we live in this world, as we, as we have hobbies, as we do things that relax us and give us pleasure, which, by the way, God is completely okay with and is very happy for us to do, where is our heart being drawn? How are we being shaped? The, the flip side of this is the renewing of the mind. If you've, if you've given yourself to God, you're committed. And there are some, some tangible things to, to help with this. And I don't want to necessarily give a to-do list because I, I don't think that that's necessarily the point of the passage here, a, a to-do list of things to do to have a renewed mind. But our, our prayer lives, if we're spending time with, with God in prayer, daily, opening up our hearts to him, praying for change in the world, lifting up others around us, asking God to help in various ways, that's it's gonna, it's gonna affect our minds. It's gonna renew our minds. We'll start to, to think like God thinks. Regularly being a part of a church, of the gathering of God's people, that will do the same. Being a part of a small group, meeting together regularly to share lives, to pray for each other, to to. to to, to study the Bible together, yeah, that's going to renew our minds. 
And, and so I, I'm part of a, a men's group that we meet weekly. And there's a, there's a handful of us. And we'll, we'll read a, a small amount of Bible, and then we'll, we'll look at some sort of theological uh, subject. We're going through a, a big book at the moment. Uh, the next time we're actually going to meet, we're going to look at the new heavens and the new earth. So I'm actually really excited. Um, that one's going to be awesome. And, and we'll share our lives, and we'll pray for each other. And there'll be, it, I made it sound a lot more holy than it is. Sometimes there's a lot of tangents. But we're sharing our lives, and we're, and we're holding each other up. And it, 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 it weekly ends up being a reminder to me and an encouragement to myself to press on, to continue on, to pursue that renewal of the mind. And if you don't have something like that, and you'd really like to, um, you, can, you can talk to me afterwards. I'll, I'll try and direct you to, to a, a pastor or somebody who can help get you connected um, or, or point you to someone else to help with that. Um, there, are, there are a lot of pastors and helper, helpers in the church here who can point you in the right direction. And you know what? You could even start one. So then, there's God's word. I mentioned Bible reading plans at the beginning. But he, as we head into the, the next year, that's actually not a bad idea. If you've got, a, if you've got the central app on your phone, um, I mean, there's a, there's a Bible reading plan on there. A quick Google search, and uh, you'll find a bunch of different options for you, whether you want to read the Bible in a year, um, or four years, five years, whatever. There's a whole bunch of different options. Crossway has some great ones. And, and you, can, you can pick the one that's right for you, and you can uh, go into this next year sort of planning that out. And here's, here's where uh, I think technology is really awesome. You can, actually, you can actually download on your phone every day a podcast, which is uh, whatever part of the Bible reading plan, it's just read out to you. So, I mean, talk about convenience. Whatever chunk is for the day, it's, it's read out to you. There's like no effort involved. You just spend 15 minutes a day and you'll actually end up reading the whole Bible in a year. Spend 15 minutes a day on your way to work. That's 2020. I, I sound a bit like a salesman. So I'll stop with the, the Bible reading plans, but here's, here's the point. Encountering the word of God, this, which is inspired by God, written over thousands of years by prophets and apostles sent by God, containing uh, insights into who God is, what God values, what God wants from us, what he plans to do. Engaging with this, this will renew our minds. It will, it will draw us closer to God as we're engaging in the world. It will draw us closer to God and not to the world. So, giving our whole selves to God, there isn't there's not, there isn't a part that isn't his. He gets our minds, our bodies, our actions. He isn't asking us to burn ourselves out studying the Bible 24-7, stay up all night praying and not sleeping, to avoid going out in public, throw out the television and computer because they will make us worldly. That's not necessarily the point. Some of those might be good sometimes, but that's not the point. But if we give him our whole selves, if we give him our actions, we won't be, we won't be conformed to this world. And that's, that's the question. Is like, are we, are we being drawn towards God or are we being drawn towards this world? Is God transforming us? Are we, are we thinking about things? Are we doing things that are consistent with being new? Paul says in 2 Corinthians, I'll just read it out to you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Are you being renewed? Not saying, or not staying that, uh, that old sinful person, but being renewed as that new spiritual person.
Well, if we're rooted in the gospel, if we're rooted in the gospel, if we're giving our whole selves to God, then what follows is knowing the will of God, which is really cool. Rooted in the gospel, give your whole selves to God, and you will know his will. And I'll read that last part out again. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, what does Paul mean here by the will of God? Maybe like a message on what to do with your life? In, in this case, I think it has uh, more to do with, with navigating situations, with, with knowing the, the right and the wrong to do. It's, it's, it's more of a right and a wrong type of thing. What, what is pleasing to God in this situation? Not something, like, not something like which lottery numbers should I pick, Lord, but more like should I even play the lottery or not, if you catch what I'm saying there. Paul uses will of God. It's a very similar way to how he uses it in 1 Thessalonians. I'll read that out to you. Um, really, uh, for this is the will of God your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness. It's not what we would normally expect. This is God's will for you. Sanctification. Do you see how Paul is using will here? Theologians might call it something like uh, God's moral will. Pursuing that will is like knowing in any, in any given situation, is what I'm doing wrong? Is it evil? Is this the right thing to do? Is this the thing that would actually please God? Uh, in, my, in my early 20s, I used to listen to these things called sermon jams. And people, I have no idea who, would take, they would take parts of a sermon and they would sort of condense it down into something like four minutes. And then they would, they would set it to music to make it really intense. Sermon jams. And if you've never heard of this before, uh, let me assure you that it is exactly as uncool as it sounds. And I used to, I used to run a fair amount, and I remember to, uh, I was listening to one of these sermon jams, and I think it was by, uh, based on a sermon by John Piper. And I know I don't look like a runner, but this was years ago. Uh, and it was on exactly this point, on this point in the text. And as, actually, as I'm bringing it up, I can, I can actually hear the music in the, in the back of my head, which is kind of weird. There's a lot of, of really clear teaching in the Bible. If you're wondering about murdering someone, for example, don't murder them. Stuff like that. Sixth commandment. <laughs> you shall not murder. It's pretty clear. But as we, go, as we go through life, there's a whole lot of decisions that... Well, there's a whole lot of decisions we need to make, and they're just regular choices. And you can't really like pull out your Bible and, um, and try and trace a theme or, or find an obscure moral commandment to, to help decide, you know, should you be eating cornflakes and milk or granola and Greek yogurt for breakfast? Like, that's not... That's not you don't find that in the Bible. You can't live your life, and here's, here's where I'm getting it specifically from that um, sermon from, or sermon jam. You can't live your life based on lists. 90, 99% of the time, you're just doing stuff. We're just doing stuff. And we aren't actively trying to sin or even to like uh, turn against God. Like that's not the, the, the dominant intention in any given moment, 99% of the time. We're just living life. We're, we're just doing stuff. And that's where knowing uh, God's will, it comes in here, is, is that if this is a moral thing about what God would have for us, how, how do we navigate 
uh, life when there isn't a clear answer for us in the Bible? Maybe we want to know who we should marry or if we should stay at our job or, or something like that. I don't think we can expect to get guidance like, like a prophetic dream on a regular basis. I mean, it's unlikely that you or I will have a prophetic dream tonight confirming stuff like that. But maybe, I think the trend, I, I do think the trend is towards God shaping us and teaching us in wisdom so that we can, we can navigate in a life in, in a way that's pleasing to him. Not that we need to constantly stop and ask him what we should do in each situation. So for example, I don't see anywhere in the New Testament or the Old Testament about whether I should have married my wife, Rebecca. It's, it's not there. But what I did use was uh, my mind, imperfectly renewed as it is, to make that call. Uh, was it the right decision? Well, she's cute. She's Christian. And when we talked about family and our, and our goals in life, they, they matched up. We are more or less on the same page. And, and I, had, I talked with some friends of mine, and, and they gave me the thumbs up, and man, that's good enough for me. It was, as you can probably guess, it was a little more complicated than that, but um, maybe you're, you're catching the flavor of what I'm saying there. That's what, this is what like, test and discern means. Or if you're using a different translation, it might say something like approve. We, we come to understand God's will imperfectly in the day-to-day decisions of life. And not only do we, uh, do we understand what God wants us to do, but we actually end up wanting to do it as well. We, we put into practice and we see, we see that it's good. We see that, yeah, actually, I want to live like this. We have our minds shaped by God that, so that it sort of, um, we sort of instinctually know what God wants us to do. We have this, I, mean, I think probably all of us have this in our own lives. I know sometimes um, I'll just kind of know what the, the next words are going to be on my, my wife's mouth. And, and she will know the same. It's not always perfect. Um, <laughs> For example, gifts. Um, so, you know, as we get to know each other, there's sort of a, an instinctual, yeah, she'll like this. But for whatever reason, I always end up getting her a book for her birthday or Christmas, despite the fact that she's probably got five books I've already given her that she hasn't read yet, and why would she need another one? So, I mean, we can go off, we can go off track. But by and large, as you get to know somebody, you get to know what they would say, what they would think, what they would feel about something. And I think it's, it's the same here with God. We get, to know, we get to know his word more as we're in relationship with him and in relationship with the, the body of Christ, the church. We might mess up on discerning and applying God's will, but in our lives, we will, we will start to know it more and more as our, as our minds are renewed. Well, as we close this morning, I just want to emphasize that, that foundation again of giving ourselves to God and knowing his will more and more. It's rooted, it's rooted in the gospel. It's rooted in God's mercies. And if you haven't experienced God's mercies, don't leave here, please, thinking that uh, you need to start reading your Bible and you need to start coming to church more. And that's the way to, to get God's mercies. Because that's actually not how it works. The good news isn't, it isn't about what we're doing, but about what God has done. Are you a sinner? Are you broken? Have you, have, you, have you gone off the path? Do you feel like you've wandered away and now you don't know how to get home? The next step, the next step, it's faith in Christ. It's trusting God in Christ. 
by all means, like you can read the Bible, read one of the gospels to learn more about who Jesus is. Read, read Mark. Uh, John would be my personal favorite. And, you know, there are um, elders among here um, and volunteers who would be happy to talk to you about this, to, to talk with you about your struggles uh, after we finish today. I'll, I'll be up here at the front willing to, to talk with you as well about the good news. And we can maybe share some of what's, what's gone on in our own lives and, and how God is applying that to us. There, there are people who would love, love to pray with you about this, if that's, if that's something you would want. And if you, if you have experienced God's mercies, let's, let's live in response to that. Let's give ourselves to God, our whole selves. Let's pursue a renewal of the mind. Let's, let's learn more and more what God's will is, but, but always keeping an eye back to God's mercies, but what God has done. Always keeping an eye on the mercies that are the reason we're responding in the first place. Well, let's pray. God, we thank you for being so merciful. That you, you loved us, you sent your son for us. And as we've been reminded throughout this, this Christmas season, of your, of your birth, of the incarnation. I pray you would help us to offer ourselves to you as living sacrifices. That you would renew our minds and help us to know you better. And that ultimately, Lord, we can go into 2020, into this next decade, shining as lights, reflecting your gospel, living in a manner worthy of your gospel. Jesus, we thank you that you were merciful to us for dying for us we thank you for standing between us and judgment, the judgment we deserved, for being our advocate, our mediator. In spirit, we thank you for your presence. Fill us more, we pray. Draw us together and keep us mindful of your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.